Welcome back to the AM show. I'm Miles Davis alongside Andre Monroe. Andre, how's it going today? It's going pretty good, Miles. What about you? Pretty good. Eagles game's coming up, so I'm really excited about that. Joel Embiid is back, and so we have a lot of topics to discuss today. So let's get right to it. So to start off, as I said, the Philadelphia Eagles, they play the New York Giants at 1 o'clock at MetLife Stadium, and it's a big game because the Eagles are trying to get that third wild card spot, and it's really anybody's spot at this moment, but the Eagles have a light schedule. So, Andre, what are your thoughts on this game? Um, I think this this should be a light game for the Eagles. I mean, it's the Giants. The Giants haven't been this that good this season. Um, and the Eagles have been picking it up recently. They got wins over the Saints, uh, win over the Broncos recently, and they've been looking spectacular. I mean, Jalen Hurts, he's looking like he's potentially going to be the franchise quarterback for the Eagles. Of course, Devontae Smith looks like uh, we it looks like we finally hit on the first rounder this year. And um, then also the defense that is picking it up recently. Darius Slay, I mean, what can we say? I mean, I when I was watching the game um, last game against the Saints where he got that pick six, I was thinking about defensive player of the year. And, I mean, Darius Slay should be in that conversation. I mean, he's had multiple pick sixes this year. And also he had a fumble recovery for six. So Darius Slay has been doing excellent this season. Um, he definitely should be a pro bowler and definitely should get some defensive player of the year praised. Um, but yeah, I'm just excited for the Eagles on all sides of the spectrum. I know that I was kind of down on them uh, before we did the, uh, when we did the season predictions for the podcast. I know I was kind of down on them. I did not think they would do this good, but of course I'm glad. I'm glad I was wrong. I'm glad that they're doing this good. And I feel like they shook an easy win over the Giants this week. Yeah. Considering at first I thought that your predictions were going to be right, considering the putrid start that we had to this season, mm-hmm. but it seems like we were able to we're, we're able to find our stride all of a sudden, which is really good. And we have a lot of light opponents towards the end of this year, which I think is great for us to head into the playoffs. But and with that being said, I do think that the this is as you said will be a light test for the Eagles because it's, the Giants have been struggling. They just fired their offensive coordinator Jason Garrett. They showed no signs of light really against their past couple opponents like the Patriots. So I think that this will be an easy win for the Eagles and we'll put them at six and six on the year. Um, and I'm going to ask you this, Miles. Do you think the Eagles can make the playoffs this year? Yes, I do. And I think it's because I think it's because of a the talent that we have on this roster, but most importantly, the schedule that we have. I think we have an incredibly light schedule that I think that we'll be able to beat because we play the Giants twice, the football team twice, the Jets and the Cowboys to finish off our season. And I don't think they're outside of the Cowboys should be a tough test for us, especially you could argue the football team, but I, I do think that that may be a tougher game, but I do think that the Eagles will be able to pull through for both of them. So I do think they will be able to make the playoffs with a 10, seven record. I actually think that we will go undefeated this uh, for the rest of the season. And I know it's kind of hypocritical of me to say that when I thought that they would be terrible this season. But just look at the schedule. I mean, you have the Giants today. I think we'll win that one. And that'll put us at seven and six. And then we have the Jets. Come on now. Uh, that's going to be eight and six for the Eagles. And then coming into the Washington football team game, uh, I believe we're at home for that game. And then the next game, we're away. But that game, I think we can win both of them. I think we can win both of those games. And then we have the Giants again. And if we win those games, I believe we'll be at, um, I believe that's 10 and six. And then the Cowboys game, I think we'll win that game. And not because we're better than the Cowboys, but because the Cowboys should be resting their starters in that game. So I think that'll put us at 11 and six if my prediction goes right. And even if we split 
with the Washington football team, that'll still put us at 10 and six or 10 and seven. And that's, I think that'll be enough for a wild card spot. And it just amazes me that we're in this position to make the playoffs when I thought that, you know, I thought that Jalen Hurst would struggle. I thought that Nick Sirianni will have some growing pains. I thought that um, the roster was getting old and, uh, you know, we would have some struggles this season. But I mean, the Eagles, they're just, they're, they much improved from last season to this season. I think in the end, you can make an argument that Howard Roseman was right, probably, in this whole situation. Yeah, I'm excited to see how they do this week and the next coming weeks. But let's move on to our next topic of today. When we talk about the Philadelphia 76ers. So at the time of this podcast, they just lost last night by one point to the Minnesota Timberwolves in double overtime. Joel Embiid had 45, D'Angelo Russell had 35. Carl Anthony Towns fouled out, but it was a it was a really great game. But Andre, are you concerned about how the Sixers are doing after this loss? Miles, I'm gonna let you go first on this one. I'd love to hear your perspective. Okay. Um, personally, for me, I am. I'm a little shocked that we lost that game, considering that Joel and Tobias were back. Joel had a great game, but you also think of credit where credit is due, and that is D'Angelo Russell. He really took over it towards the end of the game, really, especially when Carl Anthony Towns went out. So am I concerned personally? Probably not because it's still really early in the season. We're 10 and 10. We can really bounce back. This was Joel and Tobias' first game after COVID. So I think that they you can only go up from here, really. I wouldn't be – I'd be really shocked if they fumble this situation where they just don't really do well and this is really their final form with this starting five. But – um. But, yeah, I, I'm not concerned for the Sixers, not yet. Maybe if it was, like, towards the middle or the end of the season or closer to the trade deadline, I would be. But not right now. So, Yeah, I have a few observations from that last game against the Timberwolves. Um, I'm going to get into all of them. So, I mean, let's just start here. So, Joel Embiid, of course, he comes back. Tobias Harris comes back. And Joel Embiid had an amazing game. I mean, I almost expect, like, a 30-15 or 30 10 game from Joel Embiid because he's a unit whenever he steps in the court. So Joel Embiid, I have no problem with Joel Embiid at all. And I think he is going to do much better in the next games that he comes back. Of course, he had that play at the end where he he double teamed on the perimeter and couldn't make a pass and then got blocked. But I think overall he had an amazing game and he was not the reason we lost at all. I think the person who does need to improve um, in order for us to have a good season, it's Tobias Harris. Now, he's not doing terrible this season. He's still shooting well from three-point uh, range. He's still shooting 50% from the field. Um, and I he's not doing bad this season, but he does need to step up his game, especially in the absence of Ben Simmons. Um, we know that players will have to step up. Tyrese Maxey, he's take the challenge. Uh, Tobias Harris, Matisse Thiable, players like that will need to step up. And so far, they've not done a terrible job of it. But Tobias Harris, I need to see more from him. I need to see more from my five-year, 180 million dollar player um and i mean it's not really his fault that he was paid that much it's not his fault that these expectations were put on him but the way he's paid the what his contract says um it, it kind of warrants him to be asked for more than a typical role player would be asked for and that's what we need from tobias harris we need some improvement from Tobias Harris um because he needs to embrace that number two role in the absence of ben simmons now with tyrese maxi I have no complaints with Tyrese Maxey at all. And I'm not trying to I'm not trying to make any complaints about Tyrese Maxey here, but on the court, you can tell there's a difference between 
when Tyrese Maxey is just playing by himself on the court and then when he's playing with Joel Embiid. There's a distinct difference. And I think it's because, of course, when Joel Embiid is on the court, you give the ball to Joel Embiid more. But also, Tyrese Maxey is less aggressive when Joel Embiid is on the court, and he doesn't really attack as much as he did when Joel Embiid was absent. And, of course, that comes with time. That comes with chemistry. Um, that comes with experience playing together. But Tyrese Maxey does need to attack more when Joel Embiid is on the court. And I feel like that was part of the reason why um, we – it even went to overtime because there was a lot of times where Tyrese Maxey passed up shots um, late in the regulation where um, he should have either made, shot a mid-range or uh, took it to the basket. So I need to see more from Tyrese Maxey. But again, we've, we've seen a lot from Tyrese Maxey this season, so I don't want to seem like I'm complaining. Um, and then, yeah, I just feel like Doc Rivers was the sole reason that we lost that game. I mean, the lineups were terrible in the first half. Um, and then in the second half, there were some questionable decisions, especially late in the game. But overall, we just had to give our tips to D'Angelo Russell, the Timberwolves. They played an amazing game, especially with Carl uh, Anthony Towns out in both overtimes. We still lost, and we just have to give it to Anthony Edwards, uh, D'Angelo Russell, and the Timberwolves for just, just outscoring us and outperforming us. Yeah, but I do think this isn't a total loss because as of right now, the Timberwolves are a play-in team. So it's not like we lost to one of the bottom feeders of the Western conference. Like this team is right now, at least it may be subject to change a team that's contending for the playoffs. So this is, this is a good team by the looks of it that has a lot of potential, especially for the future. So I think that especially considering all the factors, I do think that while I would have as of course preferred to have win this game, and I thought we would have, it's not a total loss, so to speak, because Joel played so well in his first game back because Tyrese, even though he made some mistakes, he was able to get the ball from time to time. And when he had the ball in his hands, he was able to make those shots. So I was somewhat, it was good to see Tyrese still try to find some of a role. It seemed like he was more of a facilitator, which makes sense considering you have one of the best players in basketball on your team. But we'll see how this team goes. They're still trying to find their way together because they haven't really played that much with that starting five. So, you know, it can only get go up from here. So, so what I'm hearing for you from you is that you feel like we lost the last game because, because it was just the Timberwolves being better or the Sixers being or the Sixers making mistakes. What do you think it was more so? Of? I think it was a combination of both. Really, I feel like the Sixers made a lot of mistakes that really killed them, and the Timberwolves did a great job at executing off of those mistakes. But do you think there was like a specific player who didn't perform up to standards, or a specific a specific period in the game where we? where we lost that game in that specific period. What do you think? Not well, there's not specifically one piece because, you know, yeah, basketball is more than just, you know, one play. It takes a lot. So I feel like especially the first half was awful, of course, because they Sixers could not find any sort of rhythm. They were shooting horribly. And then in the fourth – and then, no, in overtime, they second overtime, they turned the ball over too much with Minnesota – you know, capitalized off. And you can't really, you can't do that in the NBA. You can't go down early because you just dug yourself into a hole. And then in the third quarter, you had to dig yourselves out of that hole. And then in the fourth quarter, you dug yourselves back into that hole. So it's yeah. really just a multitude of mistakes that the Sixers made over the course of that game that led them to lose that game. And it was a great job by, by Chris Finch and the Minnesota Timberwolves by capitalizing off of those miscues by the Sixers. Yeah, I don't want to overreact, but I just feel like in a lot of key areas, especially with D'Angelo Russell going off yesterday, I think in a lot of key areas, the Sixers are really missing Ben Simmons. 
And of course, I've crapped on Ben Simmons for the past several months, handful of months. Um, but he is obviously a key member, a key contributor to this team. And you can see his absence when the Sixers play. And of course, he has his mistakes and he has this, he has the parts of his game where he's not up to par. But there are parts of his game where he is elite at, especially defense. And I just saw when I was watching D'Angelo Russell go off, I just just saw like the just saw Ben Simmons playing on that court and imagine what the difference would be like if Ben Simmons was on the court. I feel like we could have easily we would like that game last game. We would have won that game if Ben Simmons was there. And I'm not trying to really place a lot of blame on the Sixers, uh, but I feel like Ben Simmons, that situation has gone on for way too long. I feel like we need to resolve either in the way of a trade or either him coming back. And I know there's variables that kind of affect that with Ben Simmons' mental, mental health and stuff like that and his agent. But I feel like we need to resolve the situation again in either a trade or him coming back onto the court because him not being there, I mean, is just negatively affecting us in all ways. I mean, if you're not, if he's not going to be there, we at least need to trade him for something because we're, we are paying this guy loads of money for just no, nothing, no output on the court. Yeah, I do think that Ben's defensive aspects were definitely missed because it's- And playmaking aspects, because Joel Embiid should not be handling the ball. And I mean, not it's not that Ben Simmons would be handling the ball either, but like his playmaking is missed because Joel Embiid was way too relied on in the playmaking aspect last game. And it, I don't want to, and I feel like, I fear that that's going to be a sign that we see going forward in the season. And yeah, I think that the Sixers did a bad job at, when Joel got doubled, finding the open the open shooter. Because I don't remember Seth Curry really getting the ball over the course of that game yesterday. I just, yeah. like Especially in crunch time. Like, you did not see him touch the ball. You did not see him shoot the ball. And that's one thing I was really concerned about is why is your best shooter not getting the ball? It's not like, it's not like Timberwolves have some sort of lockdown defender on him. It's yeah. like Ben Simmons on the other end or something where it's like he's guarding Seth Curry or something like that. That's not the case. So I don't understand why it's so difficult to not give him the ball. That was one thing that I was pretty disappointed in in the Sixers was that Seth Curry didn't get the ball in crunch time. Yeah, I noticed the same exact thing with Danny Green too. Uh, and of course, we we all know the stat last season where Ben Simmons was, I believe, number one in assisted threes or something like that. And of course, we all like to crap on Ben Simmons, but there are parts of his game where he – is elite at uh, once again he's elite at playmaking he's elite at defense and it's either we need to trade him like i said again you need to trade him or bring him back because we cannot rely on Joel and b to score points play make play defense be the anchor of our defense um while being number one in assists and while um scoring all the points for us because that is not a that is not something that you can put on Joel and b we need a number two and Ben Simmons was at number two. Like it or not, he was at number two because it definitely wasn't Tobias Harris. Yeah. It's really interesting. But the Sixers, they had the opportunity to bounce back against the Orlando Magic, who are one of the worst teams in the league. Mm -hmm. So it'll be a likely win. And I'm excited to see how they bounce back after this game. But, yeah. Andre, what is one thing in sports? We we're doing our segment. So what is one thing in sports that has shocked you this week? putting me on the spot here. Um, let me think. One thing that shocked me in sports, well, we had the NBA. We had a couple NBA, NBA games this week. Um, we have Curry going off in the NBA right now. Uh, but for something that surprised me, um, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Jonathan Taylor actually. I'm gonna go with Jonathan Taylor. It wasn't really this. It was last Sunday, but five touchdowns in one game that surprised me. And we're gonna talk about this later. I don't want to talk too much about it because we're gonna talk about this later. But I mean, have you ever? Seen, when was the last time we, time we saw a running back win MVP? I think it's something that needs to be discussed because Jordan, uh, not Jordan B, but Jonathan Taylor is in that discussion. He deserves to be in that discussion, especially after the Colts being on a, like a what three game winning streak and him scoring five touchdowns in one game um, and him being number one in yards, touchdowns and many other categories in terms of running back. So we need to have that conversation and we will have that conversation later on in this podcast. Yeah. And then the one thing for me is also somebody that got five touchdowns is the Michigan versus Ohio State game. Yes, where yes, yes, yes. Michigan fought John Harbaugh finally beat Ohio State, and it's very likely that Michigan, if they win the Big Ten championship, are going to the playoff, which is awesome. It's awesome. I'm very happy for Jim Harbaugh, and I'm very happy for Michigan because I don't like Ohio State, and I'm very happy that I will not have to see them in the college football playoff or getting rolled by Alabama in the national championship game. But I'm, I'm excited to see how this Michigan team does. And, yeah, I was just shocked. That was really shocking because I don't think anybody really thought that Michigan was going to win because, you know, they haven't since, I think, 2012. So mm-hmm. it's been a long time. And I'm very happy for Michigan. Go Blue. And, uh, yeah, blue. As, much, as, much that, as much as I hate to say it because I'm a Penn State fan, because they beat the Buckeyes just this one time, go Blue. Well, we hate both teams, Miles. We hate the, we hate Michigan. Well, we hate Ohio yeah, State I, more. I hate obviously. Ohio State more. So yeah, yeah, obviously, but Michigan is not some uh, friend of ours either. Yeah. But yeah, so that, that shocked me too. To last topic, we're going to be talking about the recent LeBron James versus Isaiah Stewart fight that happened in the recent Pistons Lakers matchup. So, Andre, what were your thoughts when you saw that? What were my thoughts? My thoughts were like immediately when I saw the clip, I was thinking, what is Isaiah Stewart doing? I mean, and it's the thing that we hear all the time where NBA players, you know, it's 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 a basketball game. It's a basketball game. It's not a boxing, it's not a boxing ring or anything like that. Play NBA players are not gonna fight. They do not fight, they're not known for fighting. And Isaiah Stewart, I mean, come on now. It's just a bad look for Isaiah Stewart, it's a bad look for the Pistons because Isaiah Stewart, we both know that you're not going to fight. We're not going to fight LeBron James. And he actually had the chance to fight LeBron James. He was right in front of him and didn't do anything. But after he reacted that way, it was kind of disappointing to see. But yeah, um, what do you think? Yeah, to be honest, I really have a neutral stand, standpoint on this one because I feel like I, because like the, the hit from LeBron, like it made Isaiah Stewart's eye bleed. So I was a little bit confused on that. Like that's a lot of force from LeBron on an elbow. It is LeBron. But I understand that Isaiah Stewart may be mad, but LeBron James isn't a dirty player. Everybody knows that. So I think it was clear, it's clear that it wasn't intentional, like what he was doing. And so I was a little bit confused on his reaction, but at the same time, I can understand considering that his eye is bleeding and he just got elbowed in the eye. That could make somebody mad. So to be honest, I have a very – I can't really take a side here, but it's really interesting because you don't really see stuff like that happen in today's NBA, especially in comparison to in the past, like with the bad boy Pistons and teams like that. 
Yeah, I heard I heard people calling it the Mollus and Apollos, and that just really goes to show how much this type of stuff doesn't happen in the NBA yeah. anymore. Because if you're calling this the Mollus and Apollos, then we must be in a good state in the NBA right now because that is nothing close. That is that. not a malice. Yeah, I actually just watched a documentary yeah. for the Mollus and Apollos, and that was it's it was a good. You should watch it. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a good documentary. But yeah, I just feel like, do you think? Well, do you think? LeBron should have been suspended because he was suspended for one game and Isaiah Stewart was suspended for, I believe, two games. So what do you think that should have worked out? Uh, I'm not really sure about the suspensions. I do feel like because it garnered so much attention, it seemed like they had to have done some sort of action. I was a little bit confused on why LeBron got suspended one game, but it's not something that I'm, like, extremely disappointed in. Like, it happens, I guess. But, you know, it – I guess, yeah. The two games for Isaiah Stewart makes sense, though. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't feel like LeBron should have been suspended. I actually rewatched the clip a couple of times, and it didn't even appear like he hit him. I believe he – I think he hit him with his hand, not his elbow. And, of course, right after he said it was accidental, um, he tried to even apologize to Isaiah Stewart right after. And, I mean, I just think, again, from Isaiah Stewart, it's just not a good look for you, man. Um, but hopefully he gets back to playing good in the NBA. He's an upcoming young player. So hopefully we just get back to basketball. That's what it's all about. Yeah. And then for our last topic today, as Andre mentioned, we're going to be talking about our MVP candidates as we have so our mid-year MVP for the season. So Andre, who do you think is going to be the MVP? And who would who would you pick to be the MVP for the season? I would pick Jonathan Taylor. I mean, I talked about it earlier. Um, the MVP is a quarterback award. We all know this, but I mean, if we look at the quarterbacks this year, I mean, you have Tom Brady, he's been doing good, but he's also, I don't think he's putting up MVP numbers. He has been doing good, but not MVP, not MVP good. Um, Patrick Mahomes not doing, not putting up MVP numbers. Um, Colin Murray, he was putting up MVP numbers at first, but he was out for a couple of games. Same with Lamar Jackson. Um, he was putting up MVP numbers, but he was out for a couple of games. So I just feel like Jonathan Taylor has the best case for MVP right now. I mean, if you look at his stats, if you look at his contribution to the Colts, I mean, he is the best player on the Colts. He is the reason that they're winning all these games recently. Um, and it's just, he's he's been doing so much on the ground, not just on the ground, but in the past game too. He's been like the number one force of their offense. I mean, I watch the Colts every Sunday because I have red zone and it's just, he is the number one player on that team. I mean, without Jonathan Taylor, the Colts would probably be under 500. And the name of the award is most viable player. And I believe Jonathan Taylor is the most viable player because he leads that Colts offense. And they're now six and five after a three game winning streak. They just beat the Bills like 40 to 14, they just blew out the Bills, one of the best teams in the AFC. And I just feel like with the five touchdowns and with the with leading the league in yards and all that type of stuff, Jonathan Taylor deserves to be MVP. And it's also a stat that I'm reading right here. Um, Jonathan Taylor has a, has a chance to break a record today. If he surpasses 100 yards from scrimmage and scores a rushing touchdown, he would become the first player in NFL history to do so in a ninth straight game. So he'll be the first player to have nine straight games with 100 scrimmage yards and one touchdowns. And I believe he's going to do that. So, I mean, that's that, that just looks like the MVP right there to me. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor has done has had a, a exceptional and wonderful season this year. And I I 
I'm going to have to agree that Jonathan Taylor would be my pick. I don't think – I'm not sure if he's going to win, though, because as you said, it's a quarterback award. And so since it's a quarterback award, I think that it's possible that if one Kyler Murray comes back, if he comes back, not this week because they have a bye, but next week, I think if he comes back and keeps playing, then I think that it's probably his to lose. But personally for me, as you said, because Jonathan Taylor has been playing so well for these all, for all these games and that he's been healthy, he, A, he's been healthy. He's been doing exceptionally well. As you said, he's on pace for nine straight 100-yard rushing and one touchdown games. And so with that being said, I would also probably say Jonathan Taylor. But if not, Kyler Murray probably because he's had a, a great season when he's healthy. See, I believe Jonathan Taylor should win MVP because he's had an amazing season, but I also believe he should win MVP because there's not a quarterback who's putting up MVP numbers like they should. Now, if there was a quarterback who was playing like an MVP, then I would give it to that quarterback because, yeah. you know, of course, it's a quarterback award. But there's really no quarterback doing doing what we've seen in previous years. I mean, there's no quarterback putting up MVP numbers, like I said uh, before. Colin Murray... Of course, he's a great quarterback, and he was good at the start of the season, but he's been out for, like, a three straight games. He, I don't believe that's a good enough case to win MVP. Um, Tom Brady has been up and down this season. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is not going to win. Uh, Lamar Jackson has been out, too. So, of course, I believe he should win MVP because he's been doing so good, but also because there's not a quarterback who's doing what, who's contrib- who's doing what Jonathan Taylor is doing um, right now. And I'm just going to read off some stats just to prove my point. He's leaving... Jonathan Taylor is leading the NFL in rushing yards. Of course, that's a given. But he's also leading the league in scrimmage yards, rusty touchdowns, and carries of 20 or more yards. So he has 10 carries of 20 or more yards. He's, I think he's MVP. I, I think he's he's my pick. And hopefully we see a running back win the award because it's been a it, long time. It would be really great to see not just a running back, but a position that's not a quarterback that yeah. wins the MVP award. But I guess I guess we'll just have to see. Well, that's all we had today from the AM show. From Andre, I'm Miles. We'll see you next time.